0: What's up, Tribe? This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Bodyweight Built. Bodyweight Built has decided to jump on and support the show, which is obviously huge for me and the podcast, but also a huge step in the right direction for independent media. Bodyweight Built is an all-in-one fitness app designed by fitness trainer and buddy of mine, Matty Fox. I spoke to Matt just before Christmas and was telling him how it hit a plateau with my regular strength training. He recommended that I join the app, which I did. The results have been fantastic. I've shared body fat. Uh, My strength has gone through the roof, including functional strength, which is something that I've always struggled with. In the app, there are multiple 8 and 12-week programs, all designed to be done without a gym and even equipment, which was great for me because I only had a few kettlebells and dumbbells, Um, so it's been fantastic. On top of those programs, there's nutrition tips and tricks, yoga classes, plus much more. Listeners of the podcast, I want you to head to mattfoxapp.com to get started for just one dollar for the first month. Just one dollar. There's no locking contract. You can cancel at any time. So if you decide after a few weeks that it's not for you, cancel. You've lost a dollar. No harm done. That's mattfoxapp.com. I'll also attach the link in the description of this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, podcasting. Podcasting from Sydney, Australia. This is the Primecast. Independent, unfiltered, and uncensored. Beginning in 3, three
1: two, 2 one, one.
0: Matt from Ancestral Nutrition, thanks for joining me. Great to be here. And look, I, I wanted to um, have a chat to you because first of all, mate, I, I fucking love your products. Absolutely love them. I've been on them for a few months now and um, mate, the changes have been enormous, enormous and, and almost instant.
1: It's good to hear you, so- with, and... Uh, I think the, the response that you're having is is similar to a lot of people, which is fantastic, which lets us know we're on onto the right path with what we're doing.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I wanted to have a chat to you about that. Obviously, the process involved from getting it, you know, just from an idea, um, you know, into um, yeah, the entire process from start to finish and, and also uh, what your vision is moving forward. Um, obviously, if you're gonna if you're thinking of adding more products or whatever the case is, so uh, before we get into it, do you want to just introduce yourself and your role in the company and how this all started for you?
1: Yeah, no worries. So uh, my name is Matt Blackham. I'm one of the co-founders and, and directors uh, of the company. Uh, the The road to Ancestral has uh, has probably been a, a long one, and like my business partners, we've had many you know iterations in our uh, working and business life and personal life that has kind of led us to this place. So we're we all feel pretty lucky that we've uh, we've landed where we are and being able to to do what we're doing. Um, the the journey for me personally into into beef liver in particular uh, started a couple of years ago. Um, we, you know, Family circumstances. So uh, my wife ended did one of those uh, MTHFR tests. Uh, Around which is a, a gene a gene test to, to work out um, how good is your body at using its B vitamins and, uh, is my simplistic way of understanding it, um, and she had a gene mutation which meant that uh, you know her ability to use riboflavin in particular was diminished, and you know for women that has a, a big impact on you know, hormonally for them, um, and so that was the sort of the first little sort of foray into into even understanding anything to do with with this space. Um, at the time, you know, she was subscribed, um, act, you know, activated by available um, synthetic uh, B vitamins, which kind of did what they needed to do and, and life moved on. Um, you know, probably maybe 12 months, 18 months after that, uh, my daughter, uh, who at the time would have been about eight or nine, she was loved playing tennis. So we used to do weekend tennis. And as a parent, we used to go and you know score the tennis. And she was a great player and would uh be playing against boys two, three years older than her and uh, would be, you know, beating them really easily. And she'd be winning a set five love, for example. And then she'd come over to me and she'd say, oh, dad, I'm I'm done. I've got no energy left. And then from that point, she wouldn't win another, another point in the set and would lose, you know, lose the set. And the first time this happened, you just sort of pass it off being a parent. You just think, oh, well, she didn't have breakfast this morning or, you know, the, some other obscure thing. But this started to repeat itself and get a bit of a pattern. And so we made the decision, well, maybe just maybe that whatever it is that uh, the gene mutation that my wife had, that perhaps something we've passed on to my daughter. And so we decided to go and get her uh, tested for the same thing. Um, And when I went in to see uh, the doctor or the naturopath at the time, she said, look, we're better off because my son, who was a couple of years older as well, she said, look, let's get everybody tested because this is a genetic thing, and if it turns out that, um, that uh, little, my daughter does have it, then perhaps my son has it as well. And if, if because they've got it and it's a genetic thing, you might have it, well, let's get everybody tested. So I thought it was a really good sales pitch by the doctor, so happily submitted to the to the test. And as it turned out, uh, I had the same uh, mutation that my wife had, uh, which is, I think, from, from my understanding, it's sort of about a 30% reduction in the, in the body's ability to util- utilise your, your B vitamins. But what we'd managed to do was pass on to both of our kids a uh, more aggressive version of it. And so uh, it's more like that their uh, capacity to use their B vitamins is diminished by about 70 or 80%. And so what we ended up finding out through my daughter was when her batteries were charged, if you gave her long enough to charge her batteries, she would go really hard and, you know, win that, be winning that set five love. The moment that uh, she depleted the energy stores in her body, because of her inability to kind of generate energy, um, that was it, she couldn't you know, utilize food readily and just turn it into energy and keep going. So that was sort of the first uh, where we as a family went, wow, there's something here to look at on a nutrition basis. And just like my wife, um, myself and the kids were uh, put on these synthetic uh, bi- you know, vitamins to uh, supposedly make a difference. And I would say that they did make some difference, but I kept asking why to the naturopath in particular, Like, where do we get this food in nature? Like it seems odd that we have to have some type of synthetic vitamin. And, you know, this went on for a long time and never really got an answer. And uh, through one of my uh, current business partners, he introduced me to the work of uh, Paul Saladino and the very first podcast that I listened to with, uh, with, uh, with Paul was, on in particular uh the gene mutation which he has and where in nature you find the food that you need most and as it turned out the the riboflavin that we needed the most bioavailable riboflavin was in beef liver and egg yolks and for me that was that was that moment was kind of the switch or the change in my life personally so from there we went down this path of you know looking to get uh you know beef liver and and get it into our diet and what we found is it was, it was impossible. You know, we live in Byron Bay and I went to every health food shop, every supplement store within hundred kilometers of Byron Bay. And I couldn't find it. You couldn't get it. The only thing I could do was buy some uh, at the time coming in from overseas. And so I was like, okay, that's what it is. And as I said, we fast forward a little while and we were, we were sitting under the tree this day in the sun and, and me and my two business partners, we were talking about this, what appeared to be a massive gap in the market for a really good quality, premium quality Australian product that clearly you can't get anywhere. And so that was the moment we identified the market and quite literally, you know, sitting on the hill, we uh, come up with our product name, Primal Energy and Primal Multi. Uh, our brand name and we went right uh, my tasks are to do these things and the other guy's tasks were to do certain things and off we went and you know that was in the august and we had our first production run finished in the december so that was kind of the time frame for 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 going from idea and to you know fully making it happen so it, my background is i'm an accountant so i've been in a, a chartered accountant for uh, 15 plus years and so i've seen plenty of businesses and understand how they work and i know that they don't operate like that normally so i knew that that was yeah pretty amazing result
0: yeah definitely i wonder what percentage of the population do you know what percentage of the population has that gene mutation um
1: when i was doing some research on it um you know the 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 version that's the more mild version that uh that my wife and i have the uh, the mutation for they say it's about 50% of the population the more aggressive one that the kids have got i'm not sure if it's uh, more or less than that but um, yeah, definitely, I think we're talking at least half the, the population possibly has this issue.
0: Wow, that's a huge number. Hmm. I wonder how many of, of that 50% don't even know that they've got the issue. Probably a lot, probably the vast majority, to be honest.
1: Yeah, and, and look, herein lies, you know, the issue that we face and probably the, the central theme of ancestral nutrition is about how do we get people to be the best versions of themselves? And in a world where, as you're fully aware, um, whether it's a nefarious intent or, or mismanagement or, or whatever the, whatever it is or however it is we got here, we're lied to about nutrition. Um, what it is that truly makes us sick uh, and what makes us healthy, we're not told about and we're left to our own devices to go and, and kind of research that. And anybody that strays outside of that narrative, you know, they start to get labelled as, as something, you know, pick pick a label and put them on it. Um, that's effectively what happens. Um, and so you find that a lot of the people who are trailblazing in this space are, you know, breaking as many rules as possible and and they're doing it because they're finding the results, they're finding the real, the real evidence. And there are some great thought leaders in this space. So, you know, we don't profess to be... Uh, absolute experts in everything but there are some great thought leaders that we've we've listened to and and as a result you know that's that's where we are and and like you said having potentially up to 50% of the population suffering from something now that's only one item that um, that issue with the gene mutation amount know, of the people that are potentially um, you know they may not be celiacs but they may be sensitive to gluten um, the amount of people that are still eating seed oils that have no idea how much of an impact that is having to their to their body um, are just examples of things that people don't even know that are harming them and i think that's the the biggest travesty that's going on in the in our space at the moment
0: definitely it's a worldwide it's a global issue and i think you know i've actually recently been paying attention because a lot of parents will make their decisions in terms of you know what they're having for dinner for the week they'll use that health star system, right Hmm. that are on the front of of packages i'm sure you know what i'm talking about and i've never seen such bullshit in my life i I, only the other day i discovered that a packet of of two-minute noodles now i don't need to tell you there is absolutely no nutritional value in that whatsoever nothing right (laughs) that's got a three-star health rating coke zero uh 3.5 star and this is out of five yep um there is no way i mean how is that possible well, there's no star, there's no benefit, but a lot of people, unfortunately, look at that as, as that, that's what they use it's to, to guide them into making, they think they're making a healthy decision if they choose a star, you know, three and a half, four, five star. And a lot of products that have the five star, uh, back to the, the seed oils, um, are primarily seed oils. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, we're told that they're good for us and they're not. I mean, it doesn't take much to find out that they're not good for us, our bodies. I'm not supposed to have them in as simple as that. But that's right. You know, it, it gets pushed. And, you know, we look at breakfast cereals as a great example of that. Um, as to, I don't think there's any breakfast cereal that's beneficial that's stocked in Woolies or Coles. But no, market, and just on the
1: breakfast cereal, I don't know if you saw, I think it was in the last sort of week or two, there was a big stash between um, the uh, food regulators because a lot of these cereal companies. Want to have the nutritional information of their product included as if it's already with the milk? So when you go and read the label, it's not the, not necessarily the product on its own. It's oh, if you happen to mix it with skim milk, this is the the nutritional information. And I think that doesn't help the cause either.
0: No, it, well, it's deceitful, isn't it? Absolutely, you know, it's deliberate. And uh, you know, the more you look into things, you know, it's up to you. I mean, some people can do it no problem. I can do it no worries. It doesn't really get to me, but. The further you go down that rabbit hole and you start realizing, okay, the food industry is pretty bad. It's pretty dirty. It's pretty corrupt. They've got a lot of money and they throw that money around. And then you have the lobbyist groups that lobby governments where there'll be a product, for example, um, and this is the best example to use, something like Coca-Cola, right? Loaded with sugar. Um, the government at some point, somewhere in the world have raised that issue with Coca-Cola and that's where you get these products like Diet Coke, Coke Zero. They're they they're essentially... A, a, you know, Coca-Cola have their hands. So this is just one example. There's many. Um, so instead of going, okay, well, you know, we'll reduce the sugar in our main product or whatever the case is, they'll just create a new product altogether to, to please those people that, that are, that are coming down on them. But, mm. you know, then we go into the world of artificial sweeteners in my opinion, which are just as bad as, as sugar. So it, it's, it's bad. And, you know, whole foods are, are you know, you only got to go in any supermarket. There's no promotion of whole foods, very minimal. Promotion of whole foods. It's expensive. Um, in terms of only the other day, I seen a broccoli was $5 and a cauliflower was $7.50, where you can go and buy 10 pack of McNuggets cheaper than what it is to buy a cauliflower. That's
1: yeah, our it's problem. It's horrendous. It's a huge problem. It's horrendous. And, you know, whether we're talking about food, whether we're talking about, um, yeah, medical issues, the current um, COVID issues or whatever. I think what you find is there's just so much information that people get overwhelmed. And I, and I think that's part of their intent because when people become overwhelmed, they just stop looking. They stop thinking and they go, right, you just, just give me the easiest answer and I'll go and do it. Now, whether that's the, the health star system, whether that's, okay, somebody told me that this diet is good or whatever, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, they get so overwhelmed. They're working so hard. They're, you know, um, trapped in that kind of, I would say that consumeristic lifestyle and they're just going around and around on a treadmill they don't have the time or the energy to devote to their nutrition that that they probably wish they had. Um, And when you throw in the fact that a lot of people aren't even aware that this damage is happening to their body as a result of it. um, Like you said, you're stuck in this place where there's hundreds of millions of people around the world who are nowhere near their best versions of themselves. And as you said, you know, whole foods is absolutely uh, the easiest way to look at this because if it's in a packet, um, if it's got other ingredients, then you just know that that food is not going to be the same for you as you know when you walk down and you buy steak, for example. You don't need an ingredients list on the steak. That's right. So when you don't need an ingredient list on anything you buy, you you know you're in the right part of the supermarket. Is the way I view it. Um, and you know, I think that as ancestral nutrition goes, oh, one of your questions is around you know where do we want to take it. Um, it it it's very easy, and, and I'm sure you've uh, seen in, in the space that we operate in this, in this kind of uh, supplement world to become, you know, give everybody every supplement. You know, you can have your supplement stack. You can have, you know, a, a, such a pile in the cupboard of all of these supplements. That's not what our goal is. We don't want to provide everybody with 10, you know, ancestral nutrition supplements. What we want to do is we want to, we want to simplify life and say, if we bring it back to real whole foods, and the most nutrient-dense food on the planet, bar none, is beef liver. Now, it's messy to get. I don't know if you go and get it at the butcher, but if you go and buy it, they're big pieces. They're you know, three, four kilo pieces. You've got to cut them up. You've got to do something with them. You've got to freeze them. You've got to, you know, there's blood everywhere and all that sort of stuff. So it's not, a, it's not kind of the thing that you just, everybody's got in their kitchen rewind 100 years absolutely it was Um, you know one of the most interesting campaigns that we have on social media is around what our grandparents used to eat and the engagement on that post is it's one of the best ones to read because people just start telling anecdotes of when they were kids oh you know when I was young I used to eat this or people talking about what their grandparents and their parents had and the answer's staring everybody right in the face that you know back then you know could only be one generation but two or three generations ago we ate all of the offal
0: Mm.
1: you know you hear the lambs fry the lamb's brain everything we it was all eaten and we the the level of uh chronic illness that we have today or then doesn't exist like it does now um and as you know times progressed over the last sort of 60 70 80 years we've pushed out nutrition and brought in energy, and, and that energy in the form of you know to receive uh, refined seed oils, processed carbs, the sugars, etc. And so we've got this human body that's full of all this excess energy with no nutrient value. Um, you know, I was just joking before that if you know if, if we should be having a war on anything, we should be having a war on nutrient deficiency because that's one of the biggest problems in society. Um, I'd love to see you know uh, the the food industry in some way be kind of held to account with the way that they advertise their food like you were talking about because uh the message that everybody needs to hear loud and clear is that nutrient deficiency is one of the biggest problems and you know the reason we do what we do is because beef liver is the most nutrient-dense food on the planet full stop and you know our goal is to get as many people on the planet eating beef liver first if we get to there then after that, they'll probably start to walk the journey of other things that are important in their life, like you know, removing the seed oils, removing as much of the sugar as possible, moving to the whole foods. So we think it's a journey we can take them on, uh, but it's going to be step by step.
0: Yeah. Well, look, I think back to the, the, the way they market these processed foods, especially to children. Now, if I was to give you a packet of cigarettes every day and say, here, smoke a pack of cigarettes a day, and then I gave oh. you three or four meals a day at McDonald's every day what would kill you first the cigarette smoking or the McDonald's
1: It's a tough that's an interesting one it's a tough one but uh, the, the fact that I'm laughing and I have an answer straight away probably is the answer isn't it that's right um, because you know it's uh, it's every bit of crap that could be in food is in that food um, and you know I I, I to 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 make light of it, it seems odd because we're actually in this situation that, like you said, there are some kids that are being fed that all the time, and it's hard. And, uh, you know, even with my kids, they're teenagers, so they're 14 and 17, and, you know, some days, like my 17-year-old son, he loves eating the way we eat. He loves the carnivore-style life. He loves getting into it, and, you know, he's always begging me to buy fresh liver and, and all the rest of it my daughter's a little bit different you know being a teenage girl she she doesn't want to go near any of that those sort of things mm. and I, some moments she's you know she just wants all of the you know what I, what I would call you know the rubbish foods mm. but as a parent it's very difficult to know how to where to intervene and where not to in that in those circumstances yeah um, I do what I can but I and look she's she's doing really really well she's uh, a beautiful girl, and uh, you know, I think that the best thing I, that we can do, and this is perhaps where you know, my you know desire to, to talk to you today is, if we can just be the best role model we can, and that is to to say, look, this is this is what we believe is the best thing to do. Uh, in time, I think people will follow. Even my daughter,
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And yeah, it's a difficult age. I'm sure she'll she'll come around. I mean, the thought of eating organs isn't the most appealing to the average person. I mean, it's something that because it's been you know again 50 years ago, it was normal. It was the norm. Um,
1: that's right.
0: But now it's not. Um, so we have got to get back to that. Uh, but, yeah, I think, you know, if you say to the average person, "Hey, you want some some liver or heart or kidney, the response is going to be, oh, like that, that's their initial. But that's just, that's just because that's what they've been – you know, they have all these other foods that taste great. I mean, you, you talk about junk food. Mate, who, who, junk food tastes great. I'm not going to just argue with that for a moment. It does. It tastes terrific. Uh, but it's a big problem. And, I mean – As I said before, like back to that cigarette and Maccas, honestly, I think the Maccas would kill you first. Not only would it kill you first, I think you'll have a lot more significant health problems than you would from smoking. I mean, we're talking obesity. Like, I don't know someone who's obese from smoking. We're talking all these other conditions. They're both not good for you. But I mean, one of them is illegal in terms of marketing. You can't market cigarettes. You can't sell cigarettes to children. So why on the other side, you've got the McDonald's, which as we've just is just as bad if consumed in the, in a similar manner but yet it's no problem in fact they create a happy meal specifically to target children like when you think about it it's a bit it's a bit
1: sinister it, it is and and i suppose if we go back to what we were talking about before with this kind of the i won't I won't use the word misinformation because that's not a good word at the moment. But right. just the the I think it's the overload of information. I, I read this really tremendous book, um, which was probably one of the beginnings of my transition into this space, and it's called Eating Ourselves Sick. And in this book, um, uh, the the author refers to this really interesting analogy. That once I'd heard her explain it, I went, "Wow!" The light bulb went off. And and basically, what she said was, if you've got a, a particular Uh, Subject area. Now it could be, it could be around nutrition for kids. It could be around smoking. It could be around the effectiveness of um, anything. If there's studies that have been uh, produced that show something that's kind of not in line with what either the big pharmaceutical or big food uh, manufacturers really want you to hear, what their strategy is, is to bombard that area with extra studies that have inconclusive results because and you'll hear this all the time the moment you hear on a news report uh, oh, you know something about how eating uh red meat does this or whatever and they'll use you often hear the term they say oh, after all the studies inconclusive and we need to do more research yeah. that there is a sign that that topic area has been uh bombarded with this kind of uh not, not sure what you'd call them but it's kind of studies that are designed to obfuscate and so the end result is people get confused. All of a sudden, oh, it's too difficult. I don't know. No, look, just the Happy Meal's fine. It's not really. The results tell me that it's probably not that bad for them, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you start to see this repeating all over the place, that's the bit that concerns me is that, you know, you do have good science. You do have good uh, information that gets drowned out. And, and you know, I think it's, you know, when I was talking before about some the, the thought leaders and, and in particular you know, any of the likes of, um, Paul Saladino, who really do cut through because they'll take that uh, obfuscation Paul's, data.
0: Paul's the carnivore, carnivore MD. Carnivore the, MD, yeah. The bullshit. Yeah. The guy picks up and goes, this is bullshit. Yeah,
1: that's I, it. Carl's bullshit. That's good guy. It. Yeah. yeah. And, and the thing that I think he does well is that he can take all that uh, you know mountain of, of, uh, of bullshit data, as he would call it, but go through it and tell you why and pull it apart. And I think that people like him, and there are many others that are doing it as well, I think are very valuable uh, to the world. Because it's not until those people do that work that, you know, somewhere along the line, a parent's going to come along and say, you know what, I don't think that Happy Meal is okay. And and that once you get enough consumers that stop eating Happy Meals, they'll either fix them up or something will change. Uh, and until we get to that point, they'll keep serving them up.
0: Yeah. You know what they've done? They've done a great job. I don't know exactly who's behind it, probably a combination of the media, the food industry, but they've they've done okay so for it's very similar to this vaccine debate where if you have someone who goes oh you know what i don't really want the vaccine people will look at you and go oh like oh you're one of them right (laughs) and a similar thing happens with food though if you say oh no my my kids don't eat maccas or nothing they go oh like well you're one of them health fanatics like it's a bad thing
1: it's like you were talking before about taste right you go oh look tastes great. Now, you know, one of my uh, kryptonites is is pizza, right? Even though I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not very good with gluten. My God, do I love pizza, right? It's just yeah. that thing, right? So give me a gluten-free pizza and I'll, I'll go to town on gluten-free barbecue meat lovers, right? That's my thing, right? Yeah. That's my kryptonite. And it's okay. And you have it and you have that taste sensation. Uh, one of the things I was talking to my business partners about just the other day was when you do you know, really focus on your nutrition. You cut out all of those things we were talking about, the seed oils, the sugars, the refined carbs. You bring in the whole foods. Now, in my case, I eat, you know, a lot of meat because I do follow more, more of the carnivore style. I eat a lot of fat, a lot of butter, no health styles on the butter, I don't think. Um, and, you know, make your own uh, tallow and all the rest of it. So we really go hard in that space. And what I found happened is you, you, you kind of elevate your, um, you know, how good you feel to a point that's above you what you've ever felt before. And let's say you happen to be feeling, you know, or use a scale, say you're at not feeling at 95%. You go and have that, I'll go and have that um, meat lover's pizza, right? And I'll, I'll, I'll drop off, i drop off, might only need to be 90 or 85%. But man, do I feel it, right? The difference between 85 and 95 is huge. But the rest of the population who are still eating all of those things, the seed oils, the you know, refined carbs, all the rest of it, they may never get above a 75% of feeling good, or they might, they might be way worse. They could be down at 50 you know, and when you look at the people suffering, um, uh, you know, anxiety and, and other sort of mental health issues, you you wonder how much of all this is feeding into it and give somebody the opportunity to feel better than they ever have. And you wait to see how often they go and have that takeaway food, that, that Macca's or that pizza. Like, yeah, man, I'll have, I'll have one every now and again, but it might be once every six months just to kind of have that taste sensation. And then you move on and you go, right, it's, it's actually it's more about feeling so damn good in yourself that. what you is what you kind of preference over the the, every now and again having a taste sensation.
0: Yeah and you you don't want to lose that. Because it it is it's like a a, I guess, especially when you when you start, you know, in the early stages of changing your lifestyle and you start feeling really good and you have that one pizza or whatever it may be and you feel like shit and you lose that momentum, you know, of of, I felt great for weeks and weeks now feel like shit. And often you feel it the next day if I was to sit there and have only on um Mother's Day night, I took my family out to an Italian restaurant. and Had some pizza, um, fucking delicious. I love it. But in saying that, um, I felt like shit even the next day. I wasn't myself. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't as optimum as I could be. I was. My workout wasn't as good. None. Nothing was as good. Um, so it does. It lingers. It's like almost like a hangover.
1: Where Absolutely.
0: and I don't want yeah. to lose that. I know what that feels like now. Like it, it wasted a whole day in my mind. So mm. I'm thinking, well. The next time that happens and I eat someone again, but you can you can make that sacrifice once in a while. But I don't know how people live on that daily. It's beyond me how people every day, it, I'm, you'd be very surprised at how many people actually eat some form of takeaway on a daily basis.
1: Yeah. And look, you uh, the way I think about it is, you know, if you've never had the opportunity to feel that great, you don't know what you're missing out on. You know, you don't know what you don't know.
0: Mm. Well, let me tell you. So since I started taking the, the primal, Primal, multi, multi and primal energy. Now um, I stock those now on my website and a few of the people that, that follow me and listen to the show, I've jumped on and bought a few. I've got to order some more actually. Um, but man, you know what? It's something that I wanted to sell because I believe in it. Wholeheartedly believe in it. And just to give you a rundown of how it's, it's changed, you know, the morning I wake up in the morning. I feel fantastic. There's no sort of sleep. You know, you wake up a little bit, you're a bit groggy for an hour. That's gone. Then we've got um, just the, my way of thinking. It's clear I don't get the brain fog um, like I was getting that mid-afternoon where I'd sort of enter a stage about two o'clock after I've had a busy morning, or whatever, and I'd be a bit oh a bit tired. Now there's nothing wrong with a nap. I like to remind people there's nothing wrong with taking a nap. It's actually it's beneficial, right? Um, but that sort of drop in energy that I was getting in the mid-afternoon gone nothing. I've no issue well, there.
1: And the, the thing that, uh, you know, makes me so passionate about it is, is that for me, it changed my life. So the moment, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm standing behind a product that has made such a difference to my life and it's made such a difference to other people you know, in in my life, other family members and the feedback that we get from the reviews is just, it's nothing short of uh, amazing. Um, the, the way that I like to, Think about it and 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 articulate it to people is that if you've if you've never really operated with proper nutrition in this, in your system, um, so you're, you're devoid of B vitamins, and you're devoid devoid of these things that kind of you know get the body to do what it needs to do. Then when you first start taking it, you do notice these big differences. Um, Probably the most common thing we get is like it's like a spluttering start and often say it's like pulling a lawnmower out of the shed that hasn't been started in a year and you, you sort of you prime it up, you, you turn it on and it runs and then it goes, you know, full ball for three seconds and then dies. We have to, a lot of people that in the first two weeks, they have these surges of uh, energy because what's happening is, you know, their body's finally getting hold of these nutrients and goes, oh, wow, <laughs> been waiting a while for these. And then it starts to turn on some, you know, some chemical systems in the body and then it uses them all. And then you're back to square one because you've run out because you've used them all. And so as, you know, over that first two-week period, uh, they're you know, they're building up their stores. And after about two weeks, they've kind of got enough in the system that, you know, they're humming and they're really firing on all cylinders. Um, you know, we have uh, so many, so many uh, good stories that are coming out of uh, everybody from people who are young through to, you know, people that are, you know, well past retirement age. And they are all got the same kind of, uplifting story you know if i look at um you know a really good story and similar to yours was my mum who uh you know she went to the doctor and the doctor said you got low vitamin b12 so in her cupboard she had a stack about this high of these activated b12 supplements mm. and she was taking them like that you know there was no tomorrow and she go oh i just don't feel any good you know, it doesn't doesn't work what's going on so i said just stop taking them and start taking the the primal energy and you know, like mums, they they kind of they want to listen to you. They don't want to listen to you. And she's, oh, okay, okay. And I rang my dad about um, two weeks later and and asked him, I, oh, you know, how's mum going on the supplements? You know, how, how's the primal energy going? And all he said to me was this: This is my dad's words. He goes, you just need to make sure you never ever ever run out of stock of that. <laughs> so. I thought that was a pretty resounding success for my parents. So, both my parents obviously take it, and, and I've got lots of family members who do. So, you know, everybody who are, especially, you know, uh, ladies that are, uh, um, you know, at that menopausal age, postmenopausal, you know, you hear a lot about the hormone issues they've got, combine it with a really crappy Western diet, you know, they're really suffering. And this just helps really reinvigorate them. So, you know, even that women at uh, menopausal and premenopausal age are really finding a benefit. Um, we have, uh, we have fertility specialists that pr- uh, basically stock our product to help people with their fertility. So it gives you an idea of what it's doing for the body around fertility. Um, you know, one of the most amazing things that I hear, and I, this is not a one-off, I hear it quite often, is women who uh, are of childbearing age who have had either irregular cycles or no cycles for, for years within a month of taking beef liver, primal energy they're back on a normal, regular cycle. And wow. to think that something as simple as just nutritious beef liver in a capsule can do that, I think is is quite
0: mind-blowing. Absolutely. So, you know, one of the most interesting things that I've found with it, and I'll say it openly because I can, is that it's it's, you know, as you get older, you're a teenager, right? I used to wake up every night, wake up in the morning, throbbing erection hit your mid twenties, like you still get it, but it's that you start sort of dwindling away a little bit since I've started taking these supplements, the, the primal multi primal energy, honestly, I'm like a 16 year old again. It wakes me up throughout the night. My, my, wife's, <laughs> my, my wife's not a massive fan of it, but, but um, that's something I've found. Honestly, within a week, within a week of taking them, it was the, one of the first things I noticed, oh, what's going on here.
1: Yeah. It's, it's one of the number one side effects.
0: Oh mate, it's a good side effect. <laughs>
1: no, I, I know what you're saying. Great, but side uh, effect. I'll send I'll uh, I'll send some uh, flowers in apology to your wife.
0: Oh mate, box of chocolates as well. She, <laughs> she she's not a fan of um of um the old back rub during the night. A eh? little
1: nudge, <laughs> <laughs> but it's the, um the tap on the shoulder.
0: Yeah, but, but you yeah, know what? And you
1: know, I was just going to say, you know, like. We, we, we're talking about lots of different chemical systems in the body, right? And, and obviously, sexual activity is a big one. And um, you need your sex hormones for all that to happen. Mm. And just like if a you know if you have a, a lady who uh, gets into a severe nutrient deficient state, they stop having their their cycle because their body's saying, "Look, sorry, we there's no way in hell we're having a baby right about now. If we did, it causes dramas." And so the body down regulates that process. Mm. Um, you know. It's the same for guys, you know. Yeah. And so just like one of the side effects for the, the women is that they're returning to normal cycle. The same thing's happening with the guys, right? Yeah. Um, and it's helping to build the, those sex hormones, the, you know, the testosterone levels. You, you know, you really clean up that diet and you really bring in the saturated fat, the good animal saturated fat with these really highly nutrient um, uh, beef liver supplements. The side effect is you tapping your wife on the shoulder at midnight.
0: That's right. It's um, <laughs> but it, it's been something because like, I wasn't expecting it. So when I it, it just wasn't even on my mind, it wasn't on the radar. And I was talking, "What's going on? Is something's going on? Is she slipping me Viagra before I go to bed? What's going on?" <laughs> and then I realised pretty quickly that's what it was. And yeah. that's a you know a lot of the time when we start taking supplements, whether it's a multivitamin, doesn't matter what it is. What I'll find is that you know, people I talk to like, yeah, I started this within a month. You have a chat to them. I've stopped. Why'd you stop? Oh, I didn't notice a difference. People want to feel something. People want to notice a difference. Now I've been very strict now for a number of years with my immune immunity blend, which is, um, i take eight different types of medicinal mushrooms, um, some garlic vitamin C, the things that we know are great for our immune systems and I don't get sick. Right but it's not something where I notice it initially and go, Oh, I feel fucking great. I feel like Superman. Um, I feel terrific. This stuff's working. It's, you know, it's more when the time comes and there's a virus going around, whatever the case may be, or even the kids pick something up from school or daycare. um, I don't get it, you know? And that's what I try to say to people is even if you don't feel something, you don't feel different, it doesn't mean it's not working, but what does help with these, with the the primal uh, capsules is that you do feel something as well. You feel better. I don't know how you would go if, you know, all your levels are up, you know, at a good level, whether you'd notice such a difference. Maybe I had something I was deficient in, didn't know about it, but it's, you know, it helps you realize, okay, this is working. And people tend to look for something as, because that's the way it's marketed to us, right? Everything we buy from supermarkets and shops, whether it be a a can of V, can of Red Bull, alcohol, these things give you an instant, like, you know, you've had something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah
1: and and look that's the human um psychology at the moment is is kind of that reductionist thinking you know it's you know it turns out that a little bit of b12 is good so therefore we'll we'll have a lot of b12 as an example um Mm. and so you know then we go and synthesize it then we get a synthetic version and and here we are taking a multitude of what you you know these things you can't tell the difference it's just probably expensive urine the thing that you know we believe so strongly is that you know things like beef liver it's in nature. It's what we evolved eating for God knows how many hundreds of thousands of years, right? Our body knows what to do with it. And so take you, for example, you might have only had a slight little deficiency somewhere. You might have been good across the board with 99% of your markers, but there was just this one thing. Mm. And it's not like we're a calculator, right? I mean, in and out, and, and we just add it up, and all of a sudden you've got the result you need. Mm. For me, it's more that we're a chemistry system. So you can have 99% of the ingredients, right? But you're missing that one that's like the catalyst that converts everything and all of a sudden things start happening. And so the beauty of you know, beef liver is that it's packaged as nature intended, the way we've evolved on these products to get what we need out of it. So we don't have to overthink it. All of those you know synthesised products that are in the shelf, they can just stay in the shelf. You take this, it's as nature intended. It, it kind of feeds off everything else. Um, it It initiates these chemical reactions in the body so the body knows what to do. And I think it can be that simple. I I know it sounds simple, but the evidence is that it's that simple.
0: Yeah. Well, we're not, we obviously, we are very complex beings, but in terms of our, our nutrition, less is more. And, and people say all the time, what do you recommend I eat? And I say, well, everyone's different. I mean, but for me, I just, you know, if I could eat it a thousand years ago, that's what I eat. If I couldn't Mm. have eaten it a thousand years ago, I won't eat it. But, you know, these diets of doing this diet and that diet and, you know, high-carb and low-fat and high-fat, low-carb. Like, just you're overthinking it. Just yeah. eat whole food. Like, eat whole food, a, a range of whole food. Like, my diet mainly consists of meat and fruit. That's 95% of it. Um, and I feel fantastic. And it's not difficult. to to do that. And, you know, feeling hungry in the morning, I'll have a bit of fruit. Well, I used to fast in the morning. I wouldn't eat my first meal until lunchtime. Now Mm -hmm. um, I started adding some fruit in the morning and I feel better having the fruit in the morning than what I did when I was working out uh, in a fasted state. So you adapt and listen to your body and and your body will tell you what it needs and what it doesn't need. And that's right. um, Yeah. And I think we overthink it. A lot of the problem we overthink. It's so
1: simple. And look, you know, cravings, right? Let's Mm. go with cravings. If you're, you know, if you walk past somebody cooking a steak on the barbecue, I already know what you're thinking. Yeah. You wish you were having one too, right? And you just picture that steak with a great big bit of salt on it and you're just thinking, that's going to be the best meal I would have ever eaten. And, you know, I know there's been lots of studies done around even, you know, uh, people who don't eat meat that when they're shown meat subconsciously, Uh, Sorry, when they're shown meat, subconsciously their brain is reacting. It's like, oh, there's something there about that meat. And I think that, you know, if we forget about cravings for these sugary items that sometimes come up, I'm yet to find somebody who, um, you know, they don't have that really primal um, primordial craving for that lamb chop cooked with salt or the steak cooked with salt because it just tastes so damn good. I mean, it's it's actually I I would argue it's very hard to beat that for one of the most flavoursome meals you can have
0: we're well, not only flavoursome, but you don't, you feel good afterwards. You can yeah. get other flavours of food. Pizza. We'll use that example again. Pizza yeah. tastes
1: good, but you feel like shit. Yeah. You, you I the, now the, go the into regrets. it knowing that that's the result. I'm, it's like a, it's a cost benefit analysis almost where you go, right. Okay. What am I going to do over the next few days? I'm just going to, yeah, I think, you know what, bugger it. I'm having this pizza. And I just yeah. know I'm going to cop it, you know? And yeah, for me, it. for me that time frame is about two or three days. And it doesn't mean I'm, I feel like rubbish the whole of the three days. But I know that it takes my body about that two or three days before I've actually got the whole thing out of the system and you're right, okay, we're back to where we were before.
0: Yeah. It, it, it's, I, I think people just get in such a state where, you know, especially when – and, look, I don't necessarily blame the people themselves for, for having bad diets. It's not just their fault. I mean, It's the marketing. It's the advertising. It's the the packaging on the, the the boxes of cereal and all this and the convenience of it all and the price. I mean, it's not overly expensive. To eat like shit, right? That leads people down this path. And then add on top of that, they're busy with work. Maybe they, you know, they might work 40-50 hour weeks with kids at home, trying to raise kids at the same time and very time poor. So it's easy to just order some Uber Eats and get Maccas delivered to the front door, or whatever. So I don't necessarily blame the people, it's more the, the system, the, the machine that we're stuck in. This yeah. which is funny because you know what? If the government wanted maximum productivity out of the people, right you would think you would be encouraging better diet because they're going to get a more productive population.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I think you raise a really interesting topic area in, in that whole, you know, where we are, where we are kind of mentally and spiritually, because, you know, I'm a very big believer that there's a whole other half to this that, so yeah, we're talking about nutrition, but that whole, you know, that's spiritual and mental well being uh is is equally important if not more important even you know than the food side of it and and those things you were just talking about all feed into um that state of mind and you know whether or not it makes it easier to control people because they're you know in that state all the time who knows like what why is it that we we stay that way you know i suppose there's others that might know the secret answer to that but ultimately you know i think if whether it be through the beginnings of nutrition or 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 some other means that the moment you kind of, and you will have experienced this, the moment you start to peel back the onion layer. Now, the onion, first layer of the onion might be around nutrition. Mm. But once you uncover certain things, you start to scratch your head and then you start to ask those critical questions. You start to think independently and you start to go, hmm, why have I, why have I believed this my whole life? Or why are they allowed to tell me this? And I think that that can be the beginning of, of then transitioning, you know, to other questions in their life especially around that, you know, physical, uh, mental and spiritual uh, area to allow people to then, you know, question, you know, why do I do the job that I do? Do I do it because I really wanted to do it or do I do it because there was some societal expectation that led me that way? And as a result, you know, here I am on this repeated treadmill, you know, like a, a rat on a bloody treadmill, mm-hmm. um, or am I doing something that I truly love? And if people are willing to really honestly answer that question themselves, and it can be a very traumatic experience I think for some people because they find out that they're doing something they hate they don't want to do it they're doing it because you know god my dad told me I should do it so I'm doing it or the pressure from you know like I said the parents or it could be that I do it for family reasons wife it could be that there's some whatever this expectation is they never made the decision to do what they're doing on their own and so we can address as much as we want the the nutritional side and absolutely we can make a difference and move the needle. But if we combine that with addressing these other issues, then wow. I mean, that's where I think combined together, there's some shifts that you can have in life are are amazing.
0: Yeah, it it is. It's something that look, I'm fortunate that um, my followers are fucking amazing. I mean, they're all sort of at a point now where they're starting to look at things a bit differently. And that's so important because we need that to happen. We can't keep going down this path as a species. We, we, we can't do it. So I think, yeah, you know, the more you start asking, because it's very obvious that they want us unhealthy. That's very obvious. I mean, there's only, I think the other day I was sitting through it, I just was going through New South Wales Health's um, Instagram page, and there's nothing about health on it. When you actually go through it, it's it's like a a sales page for vaccines. That's all it is. Flu season's coming up. Get your kids a flu shot. Have you had your flu shot this year? Get this shot, this shot, this shot, this shot. shot. It's like a sales page for pharmaceutical companies. It's like a health department has got nothing on their page about health. There's nothing about diet. There's nothing about exercise. There's nothing about building a strong immune system. There's none of that. It, there's nothing about getting kids involved in sports and exercise. It's just vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. It's the most bizarre and troubling thing that yeah. I've seen in and, a long
1: time. And and look, that's that's the top down approach, right? If we if we all become you know um, submissive to that top down approach, then absolutely the only thing we hear is the mainstream media messaging, and we go into New Wales Health and we listen to those things. Mm. Um, I think where where you know the answer lies. For me personally, and I think we you know, somehow I hope ancestral can be part of this, but everybody who decides to withdraw from that um, way of thinking, and looks to well, what what possibly is a solution to to slowly make a difference. And I think that that answer is around, uh, obviously, it's independent thinking to start with. But if we can have a, a decentralized approach, so at the moment, everything's being centralized. So we need to decentralize. Mm. And that means you know, go to as many farmers' markets as you can, go to the local the local business, all those sort of things, because that will keep those guys going. And it's the connection there that you have that changes their life and your life versus, you know, a, a supermarket chain who just in-house does all the Say we were talking about meat, right? The slaughtering of all their animals. You, you don't get the opportunity to go to the butcher and say, can I have the offcuts of fat to make some tallow? Can I have the offcuts of your lamb because I'm going to use them to make a stew or, or whatever? So unless we as a community choose the decentralized path and choose a bottom up approach. So for me, that means that we, we select our own leaders in, in in, in a particular space. So whether it be in nutrition, like we're talking about at the moment, whether it be around health, whether it be around any area that we believe is important that we choose our own leaders from the bottom up and, and we create a community around these people. And if we start to do things like that at a real community level, then I think, we can make a tangible difference because each community will then grow themselves to a point where they can uh support each other and i think that will be great for nutritional health it'll be great for mental health and spiritual well-being but it's hard it's difficult to do that because as you said that it's there's this bombardment of the messaging that is just get your uber tonight have you take away this have, do whatever and just get back on the on the treadmill um so yeah look i'm, I'm a pretty strong advocate in in wanting to make change in all of those areas and I, I, you know, for me, you know, the only thing I can think is decentralisation at the moment. Um, to really try and just wherever we can, even if it's only you know, death by a thousand cuts, we've just got to take away what we can from you know the big, you know, conglomerates who are clearly never going to act in our interest.
0: Yeah, no, they're not, and that's something that yeah, it's hard because as I said, there's that messaging coming down from the mainstream and from these government organisations and health departments, and but then you've also got these social media companies who are actively trying to squash anybody that is trying to get off that treadmill. Like mm-hmm. I, I've posted something not too long ago about um, it, it was a, it was a, a study. It was a peer reviewed So I wasn't just a study for some bloke in his back. Yeah. It was a peer reviewed study um, out of Israel that showed the benefits of vitamin D on the immune system. And in particular, also that it was something it was a ridiculous number. Like I think it was like your was oh, I don't want to give you an incorrect figure, but it was something like 70 times more likely to, to suffer an adverse reaction, uh, adverse um, illness from, sorry, a more severe illness from COVID. If you're vitamin D deficient, mm. that mm. was the study and it was conclusive. It was, it was absolutely conclusive. So I shared that study and it was removed for, for dangerous information. That's what they said. I'm like, how, what are you talking about? Like we've known for decades that vitamin D is, is an important part of, of our immunity. we, like, we know that. So why are you now deciding that? No, that that's, like, it's so bizarre, but when you realize what they're trying to do in terms of pushing us down one path and one path only, you then understand, okay, they don't want us speaking about this.
1: That's right. And look, that whole social, social media, um, Fact checking, if that's what you want to call it, um, so they like to call it, but um, is it, it's very easy to get engaged in that, and and like I've sat there and the same as you, right? I've I've looked at stuff and then you see the the, the fact checking or the the supposed correction to it, you think, bloody of crap, like you know it is, um, and as a as a red blooded human who's uh, got plenty of testosterone, you want to fire up and you want to fight back, um, and and part of me says that perhaps that's what they want you to do, um, and it's it's hard and I don't have an answer as to how you you kind of beat these guys in, in that game and I think I think this is where I come back to this kind of idea of centralization because a centralization will, will I think help create communities that talk to each other mm. um, now if you if you were meeting with somebody you know down at the local park cooking a barbecue because it happened to be a community barbecue mm. where's Zuckerberg getting in the middle of that that's right. You know what I mean? Like nobody can. So at the moment, if, if we, if all of our communication channels are through their kind of approved uh, means, mm-hmm. then absolutely, you know, we will be in that fight and we'll fire up and we'll want to really, you know, get into it. And I think that if we somehow just, even if it's just every one person that we have a conversation with, if we can pass that little bit of information on, then I think we do start to make a difference in the world. Um, one of my uh, favourite podcasts to listen to is Dark Horse Podcast. I'm not sure if you're aware of that one. Yeah. yeah. Come, yeah. And um, they there was an episode they were talking about the, um, the, the kind of that psychology of the groupthink. And one of the, you know, methods that was recommended to how do you beat this groupthink, and it is just wherever possible, you just say say what you need to say. So in your case where you just say, you know, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter whether that's with the person down at the pub or somebody on the phone or wherever. At every opportunity, if, if you know what's being said is part of the game that you're talking about, then it's kind of a responsibility for all those people who, who are, you know, thinking about it differently. Just to, you don't have to get in and engage in the argument. It's just to say, that's rubbish. So mm-hmm. whoever's peddling the, the bullshit, they know it. You've called them out and then you can mm-hmm. walk away. And I think, you know, if we all started to take those little steps, I think that's part of building that community and, and just calling people out and saying, yeah, no, nah, it's just not the way it is.
0: You have to. It, it, it should be our duty. It's Well, I look at it as a duty of mine to call hmm. things out that are bullshit. Now, um, a great example of this fact-checking was the other week I seen one. And it was someone had said, the Chief Health Officer of Queensland had said something. And this fact, and he said it clear. Like, you, you heard him. We watched it live. He said it. The fact checkers have said, no, 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 it's been misinterpreted. He didn't mean that. What he actually meant was, I'm like, hold on. You're now telling us what someone is, what they mean to say, like not what they said. You're now trying to tell us that they didn't mean to say that. They meant to say this. Like it's gone to that next level where (laughs) like I say, so you know what he meant to say. So how do you know that? You don't know that, but it's just, it's inconvenient to your narrative. So you're just gonna shut it down that's what we're saying with them. And it does make it, it's frustrating. I mean, this is, I'm on my third account now on social media, <laughs> on, on Instagram, right? My first account had I think just over 70,000 followers on there. And then now the one I've got has got just over 20, but um, it's more, it, it's frustrating because, you know, I was obviously making a difference no matter how small or how big it was. People wanted to listen to what I had to say. <clears throat> I have interesting conversations with interesting people and, um, and let everyone make their own minds up. But what I don't like is this whole thing of, no, no, there's only one side to this story. You, you like, they don't even want to hear our side. They don't want to hear it. it mm-hmm. You know, there's, we know there's always two sides to the story, but yet it's like, they're not even giving us the option to share that second side. Like it's their side and that's it. Like, you're not welcome to an opinion. And it's like, if I want to jump on here with you right now and tell you that the sky is, is, I don't know, is green. Right, the sky's green. Like I don't want to hear anything else. The sky is definitely green. I've seen it; it's green. And you go, no, mate, it's not. It's fucking blue. Right, that's my right to tell you that the sky is green. It's up to you as an adult with the ability to think critically to say, hold on, no, 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 the sky's not green. I can see it; it's blue. What's he talking about? Right, but they shouldn't be shutting down me for saying that. That's just my Mm. opinion, and and that's what we're seeing at the moment. And it's going to get to the point now. I'm telling you, I can. It's going to happen, where they start shutting down speech that opposes processed foods, that opposes this, these things. It's they, already happening. It's already happening. But yeah. yeah, on a larger scale where it becomes very noticeable that when you start calling these, you know, these food labels out, these star rating, which we know is bullshit, 100% bullshit, they're going to start saying, no, no, no. They're going to start fact-checking things like that. Um, I just hope the, the the general population wake up and understand what those fact-checkers are actually trying to do.
1: Yeah. I and, and look I'll probably at risk of just repeating myself I think that though you know if we if we in the meantime whilst they're undertaking that if you they want to call it a war on uh, on healthy food you know if we're building our little resilient communities and you're building you know a group of people who have got farms and land and they can you know they can grow the cattle for eight communities so no matter what happens you got the ability to get access to good quality food you know if we rather than I suppose I won't say you um, it's not being a victim to it, it's being a um it's engaging, right? It's it's almost like they're they're goading us or and and goading people to engage in that fight because the moment they do, they're just dis- they're distracting you from something. And the question is, well, what are they trying to distract you from? Now, if you took all of those that time, energy and resource and put it into creating creating the farm, creating the community, creating the trading system, um, you know. As a as an anecdote, I, I there's a, a great post that I saw shared once, and it was um, uh, how to build how to build a little community in um, Kentucky or something like that. It was a bizarre post, but it was all about exactly how to build these small communities. And you know, it, it went on to say how many acres you would need, and when you, with this many acres, you could have these people on there, and you need this this amount of land set aside for this use, and all the rest of it. And so. Uh, if we, you know, we if we all go right, we've had enough of that engaging with that system. Let's actively go and start to create the opposing system. You know, that to me that was that's my version of how I feel like I could make a difference because mm. just you know if I was to engage in that, I know how angry I would get, and, and it would be so hard not to want to just keep fighting and fighting, and it it would it would enrage me. And I maybe I've been there and done that. I don't know, and I'm just at the moment I'm like okay. What I, what I can do is I can actually come and try and do something even if it's small that allows me to, to make a tangible difference and who knows because you know you might go and create this you know community that can spread and all of a sudden you've got you know a thousand micro communities around the country around the world all doing this and then all of a sudden you then you're really making a difference so yeah. that, that's sort of my viewpoint on it and I, I like to read the things that you talk about because I, I have a laugh and it probably just reinforces my um, you know, where I'm at and all those sort of things. But, um, yeah, I look, I'm a strong believer in, 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 act, in action where we can do something tangible and, and, and almost in defiance to say, well, you can, you know, try and, you know, not have us eat meat at some stage, but mate, when I've got this great farm happening and we're eating really good quality meat, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah,
0: that's right. You know, who's doing that at the moment, Pete, you know, Pete Evans,
1: Pete yeah, Evans well, not right? personally, but yes, yes. Yeah. 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 No, he's doing a great job.
0: Yeah. Great job. And, and I had him on, um, I wanted to have him on. Oh, a few months ago, I had him on a podcast. I wanted a good chat about it, and to see him stick to it, and, and he's continuing to build momentum. Um, yeah. It's unbelievable, and it it's it's that's what we need. I mean, that poor that's guy. Right. Man, he's been slammed from pillar to post by the by the mainstream. And you know you know there's, he was caught a nut job for what he was saying um, in the past. He made the claim that sunscreens cause cancer. He was caught a nut job. <laughs> And look yeah. what's happening now. They're pulling them off the, the, the shelves. So, you know, he's a good guy, but, mate, he's doing yeah. that, that, starting his own community up. And, um, mate, he sends me some posts sometimes of his dinners and whatnot. Jesus, obviously being a chef. It'd be good, um, wouldn't it? Oh, oh mate, yeah. I'll tell you what.
1: <laughs> I got a lot of respect for him. I, I, I think he, I, I like his views. I, I, you know, resonate a lot with them. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes I, I look at it when he uh, puts out he's got his cooking courses and retreats and I think, Oh, I'm just going to eat some of that. So, yeah, um, yeah, no, absolutely. And and you're right. He's a good, I think it's a good example of, right. Well, let's just go and do it. Like it doesn't matter what anybody says, let's mm. go and do it. And um, you know, at the moment, I, you know, I can't say I've actioned too much apart from, you know, we come up with a, a great product that we can, you know, share as much as we can with the community to help them with their health. But I hope that, you know, down the track that there's plenty more that I can do personally that really just uh, stands up to all of the, the shenanigans that are going on.
0: Mate, don't underestimate me. Creating that supplement, it's a powerful thing. Really it is. And you know what it does as well, which I, I should have mentioned earlier on. It, it, some people just can't eat organs. Right. Mm. I'm, um, mate, I, I'm still myself getting used to it and, and trying to. It's just, I don't know what it is. It's like this, they don't even taste bad. It's just this idea that's been planted for, you know, that, I that, oh, yeah, you know, eat organ. Uh. Um, so, you know, those capsules are great. And for the average person who will never touch an organ that is can't stomach it for whatever reason, the, the texture of it, whatever it may be, the taste of it, these capsules are a great way to get the, the same, those nutrients into the, into, um, the capsule for people to take, um, easily. So, um, yeah. mate, don't underestimate what you've done by creating a supplement because it's, I, mate, I hadn't seen them before until um, oh, I, I stumbled across yours. So, um, mate, yeah, and I said I, I wouldn't, I don't have, you know, I, I'd never planned on, on stocking any supplements in my online store, but a lot of people I speak to, guests I have, and I'll get some listeners say, listen, what was that supplement that you spoke about? And now I've got the ability to say, listen, here, but you can get it from the store, and I just want to keep it, you know. Uh, not many, but just enough supplements on there that I truly believe in um, that I know people will benefit from. Um, so I thank you for that. And and thanks for creating such a a great product. And one thing I like about it as well is that it's all Australian. It's Australian cattle. Um, you guys are Australian, obviously up in Byron Bay. Um, so it's, it's, it's incredible. So it's an important space that you're Uh, in. Thank
1: you. Well, um, that's kind words. Thank you. And, um, you're right. We like our, We just want to get it into the hands of as many Australians as possible because if we can, you know, begin that shift. So as I was talking about that, that peeling of the onion layer, sometimes this might be that. This could be the catalyst for them um, to to begin that that chain that journey, which might lead them all the way down to their own little private community one day. So um, it's uh, uh, it's look, it's it's good. I wholeheartedly believe and As you said, we you know we it's all Australian cattle. that come from Tassie um you know we're uh, we're fortunate enough that production is local as well um and so you know we we feel passionately about it and as many hands we want on those bottles as possible
0: absolutely well mate i'm sure that um, it'll only keep gaining momentum I mean, you've done incredible in such a short space of time mate so well done on that that's um, it's a good effort and mate um yeah, just, just keep doing it. And so you've got the you've got the primal energy, primal multi, primal women. One question I will ask you before we go, what's yeah. the main difference between the primal women and the other mm-hmm. two, primal, the multi and the energy?
1: So the primal energy, the one with the – I've got one here, that's the blue bottle. Yep. That one is 100% beef liver. Okay. The, the primal energy uh, for women's formula, that one is 70% liver. And the remaining uh, 30% is equal part uh, kidney and heart. And then the primal multi is equal parts liver, kidney and heart. So they're 33% each. So the, the, the way that we've formulated it is for those that are looking for just that straight hit of liver, obviously the, the primal energy is the one for you the the women's formula we wanted to give them as big a hit of the B vitamins as possible uh, through the liver but we didn't want them to miss out on uh, a little bit of kidney and heart uh, in particular the CoQ10 and selenium so that's why that formula is the way it is and then the, the the Prima Multi which is equal parts of all the organs you know we we it, call it nature's multivitamin because and it acts like that and you know most people are finding that you know they can replace their synthetic multivitamin uh with these products and having tremendous results so um yeah that's the that's sort of the, the product range there
0: man it, it said so they've been fantastic for I me mean, i've taken the primal multi and primal energy now uh, every day two in the morning two at night or well, late afternoon yep. um and every day and it's been terrific now in terms of the The the, how many just out of curiosity how many livers are involved so one liver how many does that make
1: roughly so a liver a raw liver is about 70 percent water so once it's gone through the freeze drying process um obviously you're left over with only 30 percent of the of the uh of the weight of what was originally there so obviously that means that the powder is much more um uh condensed and, uh, and more intense in its in nutrient profile than, than eating raw liver. So you don't need as much. Um, one of the important things as well is that, you know, so with the serving size, you get four with four capsules, um, you get two grams. Now, obviously, if you were to sort of multiply that out by about, you know, three-ish, um, you're going to be at about six or seven grams, just plus or minus a little bit, um, of, of equivalent to raw weight. Now, that might not sound like a lot, but I like to think about it, how an- our ancestors would have eaten, right? They would have gone on a hunt. Yep. They would have killed an animal and probably gorged on the on the organs, but then they may not have had another kill for uh, days, weeks, who knows? Yep. So the difference between the way that that you would be eating them now with the supplements is that you're getting a, a low dose every day. Yep. So rather than needing to kind of feel like you need to be having, you know, half a liver or, or a ridiculous amount of liver because the body's just taking in this like low dose constantly all the time, you're replenishing the stores that you need to. So it do, may, may not sound like a lot of liver, but as I said, ancestrally, I don't think we were getting a little bit of liver every day. I think we were getting, you know, gorging on liver every so often, and that kind of saw us through until the next point that we needed it. So there is a difference in, in sort of how you would have eaten it, I think. But um, the idea that you can just maintain this nice, you know, constant equilibrium of, uh, of those nutrients, I think, is, is where the critical part comes in.
0: You know, what's interesting about liver as well, just a random, random point, the the oh, I can't think of what animal it is now. I'm trying to think of the animal. Anyway, there's an animal, and, and what happens is when they when they kill their prey, they leave the liver. Like the the, the leader of the pack, the alpha, eats the liver of the animal, and yep. the rest the rest of the pack leave. Yeah, they leave it. It's like so. This guy filmed a documentary, and he went out there. Have you seen that?
1: I've heard. I I don't know the one. I've heard what you're talking about. Yes.
0: Yeah, and he goes out there and and. To sort of show his dominance um, over the pack, when they kill the the prey, he goes and gets the liver, and just by him eating the liver in front of them, hmm. he was then the alpha of the pack, the leader of the pack, and that <laughs> acted as such. So I found that amazing.
1: Yeah, and, and the, herein lies, as a, you know, as humans we try to overcomplicate things, and sometimes the answer is in nature, isn't it? And that that is most the answer of the, for most in of nature. the answers are in nature. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and that, what that was trying to highlight to me is, is obviously how important and how revered that, that organ is. So, uh, yeah, look, it's to me, it's, it it seems really obvious, but, um, yeah, we'll share that message loud and loud and wide.
0: Absolutely. mate. we're getting there. Matt, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Welcome back anytime.
1: No worries, mate. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And, uh, if you ever need anything else, let me know.